and welcome back to Rupture Radio. I'm Kean Prendival, and this week we have an exclusive interview with Paul Murphy and Breed Smith TD to discuss the, the breaking news, which is the decision of Rise to join People Before Profit, Ireland's eco-socialist party. As, as listeners will know, Rupture Radio is produced by Rise members, and we are delighted um, with this news. Um, and to try to find out more about what this all means and how it came about, um, I sat down with Paul Murphy and Breed Smith TD for this exclusive interview. Um, which we're publishing now. Um, at the end, I mentioned an online rally that's taking place, but I forgot to mention the, the details. So the rally is taking place on Zoom on Thursday at 7.30pm, and you can book your place now using the link in the show notes. It's titled Rise with PVP, Uniting for Workers' Rights and Socialism, and there'll be a broad array of speakers, as well as a chance for a Q&A with Paul and Breed. So please do make sure to come along and find out more. Okay, so now let's jump into the interview. Uh, so, Paul... Uh, first of all, what the heck, what is Rise and like, what will this mean for Rise? Well, now, if they're listening to the podcast and they don't know what Rise is, um, Rise is a eco-socialist uh, group which was founded in September of last year um, and or September in 2019. Um And one of the big things that we said when we launched was that, uh, let's say two things. One was that the environmental struggles and the environmental crisis, both climate and biodiversity, um, are absolutely central to a socialist strategy and socialist perspective. That the only way to avoid really catastrophic climate change is with socialist policies, because a for-profit system is going to deliver us to disaster. That was one thing we said, and the other big thing we said was, we want to play a role in helping to build a mass left party in this country um, that can actually actually place on the agenda a genuine left government backed by people power, which can implement the kind of eco-socialist policies which are uh, necessary. And uh, Rise joining people for profit is, in my opinion, a, a big part of trying to achieve those two things, um, because we think that people for profit has played a tremendous role over the past you know whole number of years in people power movements, water charges, repeal, breeds. Fossil fuel, uh, keep bill, keep it in the ground, and the movements are around that. Um, and we think people before profit um, can and hopefully will be the vehicle for for building the kind of mass left that we think can be can be done. So we're joining, um, and we're encouraging everybody else across the country who broadly agrees with our ideas, um, with the ideas of people for profit, uh, to join as well. What does it mean now? Um, like for rises now, you're you're a member of people for profit. Are you? Uh... A rise TD part of PVP, or what? What does that? What does it actually? What's the? What changes? I, I will be a people before profit TD, or well, at the time you're listening to this, I am now a people before profit uh, TD. Um, rise members are people before profit members, um, and we're going to be putting, you know, our energy into bu- building people before profit uh, into as big a force on the left. Um, yes, to fight elections, but above all, to get involved in movements, people power campaigns on the ground. Um, Rise will continue as kind of an internal network within People Before Profit. So this podcast will continue, our magazine will continue, um, and you know we'll be making particular arguments around eco-socialist strategy, etc., um, to the left in a sense, but publicly certainly our, our, the big majority of our efforts will be put into to building um, PBP because we think that's what's necessary. And Breed, from a, from a PBP perspective, Maybe, like, what do you think this means for, for PVP? Well, I think it 
it's really great news and it's a great move forward for all of us. Um, um, and I'm not, you know, trying to butter them up, but Paul is a significant uh, TD on the political landscape in this country in general, but certainly not on the left. Quite an important uh, um, leader of the movements and has played a significant role and continues to play a significant role in sort of articulating what people want to see changed in this country, um, and in particular for working class people. And, and this is where I think it's going to be most interesting, most exciting, is that the working class in Ireland are kind of fed up, really fed up with the left not coming together and sticking together and being a unified force against the politics of Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the sellouts of Labour, now the Greens. The working class definitely needs a strong, united voice. And I think this is indicative of what's required and is really, really good news for our class. But, uh, you know, personally, I'm delighted to see it uh, take shape and uh, really, really welcome it. And I think it'll, I think it should attract a lot of people into People Before Profit um, because it's a positive message. We definitely need positive messages these days. Um, and it, it, it should attract a lot more people to say all the stuff Paul said about eco-socialism, absolutely, but also about the need for a real genuine socialist left opposition uh, that can that can unite, that can put aside um, our differences. They're small, they're always small on the left, the differences are always small, but they can be significant. But in this case, we've done a lot of work to iron out the rough spots, if you like, and uh, um, and one of them is on the question of United Ireland. And in fairness to Paul and his members in Rise, they've done a lot of thinking and rethinking and analysing and have come with us to say we do need an All-Ireland party that will, will strive for uh, a United Ireland in the tradition of James Connolly that is also uh, it identifies with eco-socialism and fights to bring people together on an agenda that isn't just a, isn't just about you know the immediate issues, but has an idea and a, a, a dream and an aspiration for a world that is going to tackle climate change as well as inequality on all on all its levels. And for those like. I'm sure there's the cynics out there. I can't remember who the quote is. The first item on the agenda will be the split. You know, um, uh, we have there has been many uh, talks and attempts and a roundabout of trying to unify the left, um, but it does seem to me that people for profit um, has a unique sort of vision for how you can build a broad alliance with Marxists, with socialists, with trade unionists, with climate activists altogether. Um, under the one uh, um, roof, uh, having the debates, as you said, but but also like uh, ha having the, the common platform. But, but maybe Paul, I suppose, or even or, or either of you, like how what what is PBP's unique approach to that, or what makes what makes you more confident or hopeful that this um, can can work? Um, yeah, I mean, I think one of it's a positive that we recognise that you can't build a substantial left-wing party 
on a monolithic basis. You just can't do it. So if you're going to have a substantial number of people together, they're going to be people who are, you know, leaders in their communities. Wait, wait, wait. Is this not is this not all just going to be the cult of Paul Murphy? No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and these, you know, these would be people who are leaders in their in their workplaces, in their communities, in their colleges, in their schools, or whatever. They'd be strong-minded people who have opinions about things, and and it isn't going to be monolithic. Um, and you're going to have to bring people together, as Breed said, from different traditions, different places on the left, and have an open culture of of debate. And I have to say, like, so we, we've been involved in a process with people for profit for for a long time. In reality, um, and there's been two aspects to that. Really, one has been discussions about, like, okay, on what basis can Rise join? Do we have a common conception of how people for profit would operate as a broad eco socialist party, which is quite a, what we've what we've agreed. Um, but the other one is also actually working alongside each other. Um, and that's been a very positive experience. And I just give two examples of that. Of that. One outward facing, which is, you know, if, if you look at who has led on the central issue facing, like everybody in this country, the coronavirus crisis, who has led politically on that, that has been people for profit and rise over the past year at this stage. We're the ones who followed the science, um, as we do in terms of climate change, who refused to bow to the business lobbying of the pubs and the restaurants and everything else, and who, who set out a comprehensive alternative strategy based on putting people's health and public health first. Um, and I think that was very, you know, significant. Um, but the second one is the the internal life of people for profit. And obviously, we're, we're only fully joining now. And so you can only have a partial view. But certainly so far, people for profit is a space of vigorous debate and recognition that, um, that like that it is inevitable that when new questions are thrown up and you're dealing with new things in the doll or in a community or whatever, people are going to come at them at least initially from different points of view and that you need to be able to debate them out in a relaxed way whereby you can disagree with people and then at the end still be friendly and comradely with them and then you take the next issue and that's been that has been a very positive and I think like reassuring experience for us um, that like this is a place where people are welcome and it's like if they agree with the broad approach of people for profit that's out on our on our website then this is the party um for them and to come and, and get get stuck in and breed like on that same sort of point like i i think that like for a lot of, a lot of marxists and revolutionary socialists have fallen into a trap of um like falling out and like obviously as you said there are important debates i still think I'd be happy to have a debate out about Tony Cliff's theory of state capitalism um, uh, uh, versus Ted Grant's view or whatever. But a lot of socialists and Marxists have like, I feel, fallen into a trap of like letting these things be insurmountable barriers that cut across your ability to organize together. Whereas it seems to me like People for Profit has created kind of a good model of... um, of of debate and like political education stuff like that on that but also of like being able to work together but maybe you've obviously been in it for uh, uh from, from the foundation maybe you could speak about like what's the what do you think is unique about ppp in that way that uh, uh can maybe overcome some of the errors and the the problems that have dogged the the the, the socialist left in the past well there's two things um one is that we do welcome debate and always have done and uh, see it as an important and genuinely an important way of reaching the conclusion of what is it that you want to say 
how you're going to say it, what, what way you're going to vote, what way you're going to uh, argue uh, for a particular petition position. Um, but to to get to that, you have to have the debate, and yeah, and we try to do that as respectfully and as uh, as as you know comfortably as possible, so that you don't feel that anybody's being put down or excluded, that voices are heard, etc. But at the end of the day, when you take votes on a position, you have to make sure that you carry through that position, uh, whether you're not entirely comfortable with it or not. And I find it's a very good model because it means that um, you, you, you go into things sometimes uncomfortable about the position you're taking, sometimes very comfortable with the position you're taking. But whatever it is, you know that we're all together in it. And I, I think that that's a, a good way of doing things. Um, and understand that why you're doing it is because you want to progress issues that are important to working class people uh, in, in the immediate or in the future. And, and I think we have to have that always at the back of our mind when we're trying to progress an issue um, or articulate an issue or organise a campaign or go out on a march or whatever it is, that it has to be fundamental to uh, trying to bring the biggest number of working class people with us that we can and so I think that's a good method and the other thing I think about it is that um, you know people get tired of of the left falling out with each other and not being able to gel and not being able to unite and uh, there's a number of us me being one of the one of the older ones in the party that have been through this movie for a couple of decades and really do want to see an end to sort of you know, niggly, uh, bitty fighting about stuff that doesn't really matter. And I think that that experience of quite a, a, a layer in our leadership of, you know, get over yourselves and unite and get things together and work things out and argue things out and work things out together. That experience is, is, is helpful. I'm not trying to be the elder lemon here, but experience does have, have a, a role to play and it does matter. Um, so, yeah. I think that I, I I also think though so there's that, that experience point but uh, I think that for a new layer of people who are becoming socialists as well younger people uh, that like the debates of 50 years ago are less important and what they're more interested in are the debates of the next 50 years do you know what I mean uh, um, absolutely yeah I just I think that is an interesting point in the sense that um the landscape of the left not just in Ireland but internationally is 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 largely defined by big debates of 50 years ago or whatever that were important of their time and still have like, you know, a legacy importance. Like, for example, like not, you know, I know you were f being facetious about the character of the Soviet Union or whatever, but like, you know, 50 years ago, that, that did have a real impact in terms of like how you approach the world, how you characterize these countries. Obviously, the Stalinist states don't exist anymore. Um, so like the analysis, it, it may have an the kind of method of analysis that you use about it may have an impact in the future. But the key thing is like the strategic debates of today. How do you approach the question of left government? Are you interested in building, you know, what we would call like a Marxist organization, trying to build a revolutionary party that has a real understanding we need to actually overthrow this system. Working class people have the power to do that. And um, what's your attitude? Um, and I think like the question of eco-socialism can be a a kind of pole around which you can have a realignment on the left. Is like, Do you recognize that like, 
this is a central question now for socialists, that it isn't some peripheral question that you kind of take up and kind of tag on at the end, but is a central question facing humanity and that we need a socialist answer to. Do you know, there are like really current things today. And I mean, my attitude to those would be like, you know, you, you debate them out and there may be, it's legitimate for people on the left to have different approaches to those different things. And But they're the things to kind of really have demarcations on the left on the basis of. But even within that, we should be able to build, as long as people are broadly committed to the struggle for working class people and for socialist change or whatever, we should be able to have a party that brings people together. And that's that's the idea that then you can have networks and so on, that like those debates can continue to be carried on and can have some um, importance and so on, but not to... I bet, I bet you Hugh O'Connell didn't ask you about uh, Tony Cliff's theory of state capitalism, though. You see, this is why this is why people have to listen to uh, Rupture Radio. He he did not, but he, he had he had done his research. Although he was vaguely confused about, he was in some way he was like this split. We have to. How can the split? He was talking between the Socialist Party and the SWP. The split of thirty years ago be overcome, and he had he had the idea it was somewhat to do with the Labour Party. I didn't have the the heart to tell him that uh, it was about like the Revolutionary Communist Party in the thirties in Britain. <laughs> so I just let him off. Um, but you see, this is this is why people have to listen to Rupture Radio to get the the real stuff. Um, no. So moving on, maybe to the to those points. Ian, can I just come in on Paul's point there about the argument of of yesteryear that aren't as relevant that kept the left uh, divided? That's absolutely true, and there's still you know there's still people uh, there's still interest in arguments, there's still interest in debates about theory of stuff that 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 did divide us. But I think the national question in this country is a live and real one, and um, that was part of the. Um, the development of, of rise coming into people before profit was discussion around the national question, how we see it in people before profit and how rise uh, and, 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 and the party they belong to before seen it and then trying to marry the two and, and developing and growing around, you know, that argument. And I think that's a wonderful uh, achievement and for, for rise as well as for, for people before profit that we've come together on that issue. And it's very important because that is, along with eco-socialism, that is a live issue. We only debated it the other day in the doll around the question of Northern Ireland and the settlement that came out of the Assembly. And honestly, when you when you look at, you know, when you look at what's gone on during the coronavirus, the question of partition and how, what an obstacle it is to, um, you know, changing things in, in this country. Um, it, it just comes back to you all the time, you know, the need for an All-Ireland Health Service, the need for an All-Ireland approach to the pandemic, the need for an All-Ireland working class that can fight back, etc. So, um, yeah, I think that's great. Paul, maybe on that, actually, because um, that is something and it, we should probably do a special episode uh, at some stage on this more generally. Um, but maybe could you talk a little bit about that as to... Rise's outlook on this and how your thinking maybe has evolved or yeah um and this is definitely a collective process in rise as opposed to my thinking it's our thinking um <laughs> and i would encourage people to read the like long form piece in rupture number two i think is where our the article appears and and interestingly there's a response to it um which i definitely encourage people to read from something closer to a traditional socialist party position uh in Rupture three from Kieran Mulholland, which we debate welcome as part of having like a debate on the on the left. Um, I guess that the kind of so in terms of like operative conclusions that um, changed for us as a process of discussion is that we think you 
you can't avoid the question of a border poll anymore. Um, it is posed by demographic uh, developments, um, uh, and it's going to be posed more and more in the next number of, of years. So the idea that socialists could kind of stand on the sidelines, not take a position or say they're going to abstain, it's just, it, it, it isn't a program to intervene with any significant section of working class people, it's to stand on the sidelines. So we, like an operative conclusion, which brings us closer to the operative conclusions of people for profit is to say, we're, we're for a border poll as like a basic democratic um, right of people and as an attempt by, um, as a way, you know, a viable way as seen by Catholic working class people to overturn their national oppression. Um, uh, their right to have a border poll and we campaign for a, a yes vote in a border poll on the basis that like, we're for a socialist united uh, Ireland um, and as part of that you know giving a real reassurance to Protestant working class people that they're not going to be oppressed in a socialist Ireland and that if you have a capitalist united Ireland socialists would be to the fore against any attempt to discriminate uh, against them um, and I, I don't think we took all of that lightly. And I don't think we took it in a glib way in the sense of underestimating, you know, a process of the sectarian division is very deep in, in Northern Ireland. You can see that and you look at what's what's happening now in terms of, and this is something we predicted in terms of the um, the, the custom posts in the north, the kind of east-west border becoming a focal point of um, potential sectarian conflict coming from loyalist paramilitaries and so on. Like all of that shows the extent of the division. Um and so, like, with people for profit, we're struggling to unite working class people, north and south, but also Catholic and Protestant, and with a vision of a socialist Ireland, which respects everybody's rights, which doesn't discriminate against anybody, um, and which has, like, for example, you know, a national health service, which doesn't go down the road of, of Sinn Féin, um, of attempting to... Um, you know, bring down corporation tax, basically like a race to the bottom of corporation tax in this uh, island, um, which provides kind of the, which provides the material means in terms of housing, public services, etc., which means there isn't scarcity, which is the kind of environment within which the kind of logic of sectarianism and fighting for like my community, you know, or our community um, persists, which is the game that both Sinn Féin and the DUP in different ways, of course, but do play, you know what I mean? They're only interested in getting votes and whipping up support in, quote, their own communities, whereas we're interested in building a, a cross-community working class uh, party uh, right across the island. So that's one area where we've seen a coming together of, of outlooks. Um, or, and that is like the forward-looking, the agenda for the next 10 years uh, um, or 50 years or whatever. Uh, um, but in terms of the other issues, then, um, that brought things together, the, the other big thing that I think P, uh, uh, Royce has emphasized since the beginning, and PPP had a very good eco-socialist uh, uh, manifesto, eco manifesto in the general election as well, is this whole question of, of eco-socialism. So, uh, uh, Bree, could you talk a little bit like about that? As to, like, I know as part of this, P People Before Profit is now launching with a new strapline of fighting for workers' rights and eco-socialism. Um, and like about that importance, how eco-socialist ideas has been part of the the thing that has brought brought these two sides together. Yes, well, I think the the when Paul started out talking about the relevance of of eco-socialism in in uh, the world today, he's absolutely right because there's no way forward for people or the planet without uh, a, a socialist solution. Um, we had a 
day school Sunday, I think it was, an eco-socialist day school that looked at the question that's been hotly debated at the moment, growth and degrowth. And that sounds like a mouthful, but basically it's arguing that uh, we need we needn't take the wider arguments forward about socialism and society on the basis of we don't want any more economic growth without understanding that we need a different kind of growth. And that is the sort of care and repair society that Naomi Klein, AOC and all uh, those, the Green New Deal promoters talk about. The difference being, however, that we believe in, in revolution and we believe in socialism uh, to bring forward the planet that is going to survive with people living on it and treat uh, biodiversity with respect and stop taking fossil fuels out of the ground, most importantly. And I, I suppose for me personally, I learned tons about the environmental movement when uh, myself and uh, the, the, the party brought forward the bill to keep it in the ground, to stop uh, drilling for oil and gas and got involved with working with the movement. And we very much emphasised we wanted to talk to and be with and promote this through the existing climate movement, much of which is, is wedded to the Green Party agenda. But nevertheless, the activists within it are very, very good, very genuine, good on the science, very keen and passionate about pushing the uh, pushing the climate agenda forward. And a lot of them are leaving the Green Party. And part of, you know, all joining us, I hope, will be a positive for them um, and their strap change into being a party for workers' rights and, and eco-socialism, I hope that they will join us. There's loads of space for uh, disaffected members of the Green Party, for people who care about eco-socialism there. It is the way to go, and it's a hugely interesting area of discussion. Um, uh, there's a member of RISE, Jess Beer, and a member of ours, John Molyneux, have written a pamphlet together on uh, the case for eco-socialism. We've, we've been collaborating and cooperating on this and uh, long before, you know, the question of us coming together as an entity. And I think we will continue to collaborate and cooperate with all elements of the, of the wider green movement, like not the Green Party, but the, 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 the movement that cares about um, the science around climate change. I think we must keep relating and cooperating with uh, the wider movement. But it is the question of our time. There's no doubt about it. And when we get out of this pandemic, when we're able to be somewhat normal again, I think we have to be start thinking very strategically about how we push this movement forward because it is absolutely a massive challenge and uh, it's a, and it's a global one. It's not just something that's a challenge for this country. Obviously, it's a challenge globally and it's very important that we, you know, push forward on it. So beyond that, like, it does seem, does this, this is coming at a very interesting time when you have, like, as you said, and mass exodus from the Greens, um, you generally have a, a certain, over the last year in particular, a more realignment of politics. Um, Fianna Fáil, Fine Gael, together at last, the, the longest will-they-won't-they they, uh, love story in, 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 the, in the history of time. Uh, um, and now, finally, sort of a more left-right divide in Irish politics. But how do you see, like, what does that mean for people for profit? What does the next five years uh, have in store for, for politics in Ireland after, after COVID? I mean, I, I think it's worth looking at, look at Sinn Féin, which is the largest party in the state in percentage terms now. If you go back to 2008, so at going into the last crisis, they had five seats in the doll, which is the same as what Solidarity people before profit have. And now they've emerged as the biggest party. They're set 
you know, likelihood to lead the next uh, government. Um, and obviously that happened. And like, that was a global process of like forces seen to be on the left being risen up by the political processes that were unleashed by the economic crisis, by the response of all the establishment parties of austerity, then then like devastating their own bases. People moved to the left as well as in some countries to the right and you have this like, deep polarization of politics going on. Um, I think COVID, we obviously can't predict fully what the impact of, of the COVID crisis will be, but I think we can say with confidence that it is like, you know, a major defining political event and it's going to reshape politics in this country and around the world. And I think some of those features push point strongly towards people drawing left conclusions. And um, so I would say like in, in Ireland, like I, I think there has to be a kind of deep kind of understanding and payback for the establishment for really the crimes that they've committed in terms of the number of people who've died as a result of their policies. Like it is just horrendous. I think it'll be difficult for them to avoid like a public inquiry or tribunal into it. You know what I mean? Like we're in the end of February now, almost 2000 people have died because of the decisions made to open pubs and restaurants in December. And we were the only ones standing up and saying repeatedly, no, in a political sense, obviously in effort we're saying as well, don't uh, do that. Um, and, and the reason for that, like the reason that they open the pubs and restaurants is because the private business lobbying sector are powerful and because profit comes first. Um, and that's like a left-wing conclusion to draw. The second thing I'd say is that it has become clear to people that um, it is workers who are important. You know, if it didn't matter whether Jeff Bezos turned up to work or didn't turn up to work, the world would still continue. It didn't matter whether Dennis O'Brien turned up to work or Larry Goodman turned up to work. What, what mattered was the Brazilian meat plant workers. What mattered was the delivery workers. What mattered was the Amazon workers. What mattered was the teachers. What mattered was the nurses. What mattered was the shop workers. Was ordinary workers is who create the wealth, who make society um, run. And again, that's like a very pointing in a left-wing direction kind of a point of analysis, in my opinion. Um, and so I, I think it is perfectly possible to say that in the aftermath of, of COVID and I think certainly the possibility that we go into a new economic crisis, I think there'll be bailouts of airlines and banks around the world. It could be a new Eurozone uh, crisis. There, there will be further developments towards um, the left. And I think, you know, with the left coming together in people for profit, we're now extremely well positioned to be the voice of people power, to be involved in people power movements on the ground, on housing, on workers' rights, on environmental uh, issues. Um, and that can pose you know, the need for like, and the possibility of actually like a genuine left-wing government that is going to stand up to the landlords and to the big corporations, it's going to stand up to the big polluters, and it's going to stand up to the private health industry and actually seek to like open a process to end the system being based on profit, end the capitalist system in this country. And obviously that would have to be linked to an international process. And I think like no longer is this some like, you know what I mean, dim and distant thing. We, we have to place, it has to be placed on the agenda. Like, in the next like decades it has to be because if not like we're all done for because of climate change that's that's the truth obviously we're not going to just die but like there isn't really a, a very viable future for humanity we shall we shall build socialism out of the wreckage <laughs> no i don't think that'd be possible <laughs> um uh we maybe obviously we're, we should i know you have to move on uh, um busy day ahead but uh, um do you have any final remarks or maybe like one thing maybe breathe is i know PPP has already been growing over the last while. I saw a very successful recruitment campaign there 
and maybe maybe you might have more of an insight into like the, the, the what lies ahead for PVP and the, the months and, and years ahead and, and how PVP can grow and build. Yeah, well, I you know it, 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 it's obviously a funny old period for everybody. It's a weird time, and we're not um, in touch with each other. In the in 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 the we're not in the same room. We're not physically in contact with each other. We're not sharing the same spaces. But I've attended a few of what have now become regular new members meetings uh, for people for profit over the last while, um, and kind of led off on them and answered questions and stuff. But I've been actually really amazed at the uh, the numbers of people joining like new members meetings seldom have less than 25 30 at every week they take place and um there are people from all sorts of uh, you know backgrounds but also from all parts of the country you know not just the cities um but also the smaller towns and uh, you know isolated parts of the country and all that um and all ages, and it's just really exciting. And I'd love to be able to sit down and have a chat with them, have a cup of tea or a pint with them someday, because there's some really, really interesting people asking some very challenging questions, but also very excited, delighted to be involved in a, in a left wing party. So uh, we already are attracting lots of uh, people who, I suppose, during the pandemic, have had time to sit back and think about things and really look at political alternatives look at other parties and politics and have been drawn towards us. I was interested yesterday um, in the convention centre, there was a, a, a chap who serves the coffees and stuff, said to me, what's the difference? It was very interesting in this discussion, actually. What's the difference between Hughes and Paul Murphy? Really? There isn't a lot, really. In fact, you'll be pleasantly surprised that we're all going to come together now in the next few days and uh, be the one entity. And he said, oh, that's great, because I've been, I've been watching you and... I'm on the internet and my my finger keeps hovering over the people for profit button. I'm nearly going to press it to join. So I said, like, this convinces you. And he's, he's really taking it very serious. In fact, he signed up to attend the Lakela meeting on Monday. He's very interested in the fight against the far right. But it, it's gas, just the amount of people who are interested in alternative ideas and left-wing politics. So I think this is good news for us all around. And I hope that people will see this as being a positive and, 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 and a home for them where they can enter and be active and have genuine debate and not be told to shut up and go away with your mad ideas, but that it'll be inclusive and involve lots and lots of people. That's the point of it. We have to grow. We have to develop uh, left-wing and socialist ideas and we have to be relevant to the workers that Paul just so well talked about who are, you know, who make the, the wheels of society turn on a daily basis. Because, you know, the relevance of workers is not just that they make the wheels of society join, but they are the vehicle for change as well. If we are going to change the world around us, we need the workers on our side and all on the same page. If we can, if we can just recruit a few more of the, the doll ushers, sure, we'll <laughs> one step closer to, 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 to claiming power. <laughs> Only the people for profit TDs will be allowed to vote today. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, and unfortunately, the, the norm would be, uh, if it was big news like this, there'd be a big rally in Wynn's Hotel and we'd be all going to the bar afterwards uh, um, and that would be great. But there is um, an online rally to, to, to celebrate this uh, um, uh, uh, a merger or coming together and to encourage other people to, to rise with PVP. Um, we'll put the details of all of that into the, uh, the link in, uh, into the show notes. Uh, as well, and I'd encourage people to make the plunge, 
come to the rally and, and join up and, and get involved in building um, Ireland's uh, eco-socialist party. But OK, we'll, 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 we'll leave it there for now. And thanks a million for joining us. And we, we look forward to talking again into the future. Thanks, Keen. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Keen. Bit of makeup, your last coat button falls away, flowing through life.